Presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right, welcome to Spooky South Ghost, a special podcast on the edition. Why, Matt Moniz? Because we have the key to the Lizzie Borden house. Actually, no, it's because of NFL football, but it only helps that we have the key to the Lizzie Borden. Now, don't tell people that on the radio. Now, now everybody's going to be calling you up saying, oh, hey, Matt, can, I, uh, can, can you get me into Lizzie Borden's house? And then how are you going to say no to your adoring public? Simple. Open my mouth and go, no. All right. Well, we are here. We are. They've kind of turned the place over to us for the night, which I don't know. I think with all this construction going on here, they thought we were actually going to pitch in and do some work, but they were wrong. <laughs> I don't even work on my own house. So Dead I wrong. Work on. I actually still have my union card for floors. So, do you? Yeah. If we do need it. It's about 15 years old, but I kept it just a... To know what putting an honest day's work in was like. That, that kitchen floor could use a little sprucing. Huh? It could, actually. We should do like... Tons of carpet in this place. My wife watches this show, uh, it's like Clean This House or Clean House or something, and she loves it. It's got the, the chick from uh, Reno 911 is like the host. And it's it's the most annoying show ever if you have um, testes. It really just like... <laughs> you watch it and you're like, this is total crap. But for some reason, the women folk love it. And so she, you know, she thinks this show is great. They come in and they eliminate all the clutter and they, they redo everything. And she's like, we should have them come to our house. So our house is not messy. She's like, just let them know half an hour before they get here and I'll make sure that it is. So maybe we can do that here. Maybe we can make a big mess, get them to come in, yeah. all new floors, all new walls. Brains on the wall. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure one, there's at least one person in this room who would actually enjoy that show. I'm not going to say who it is, but he's a best-selling author. Um, when asked how he celebrates the completion of a new book, did say clean, so that's that's, that's uh, true. You do you that's clean true, something? Yeah. I clean my office. My office looks like uh, I mean seriously. By the by the end of a book, it looks like it should be condemned. It's just it's nasty. It's disgusting. I'm not proud of it, and I celebrate by cleaning. I'm glad. Mine's, then mine still does even after I finish. So. I'm glad that you get a break between books then, or else I can just imagine where it goes. The yes, uh, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with the voices that you're hearing, and how can you not be? Spooky South Coast, you know everybody here. Yes. But uh, <laughs> Tim Weisberg here, with, along with Matt Moni, science advisor for Spooky South Coast. We gave the silent assassin Matt Costa the night off because uh, I just thought I didn't hear him. No, no, but, you know, we could have just lied and said he was here, and nobody would have known. But no, we gave him the night off because uh, we're not on the air, so we we can pretty much we can fudge this stuff ourselves. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We can swear because it's podcast only. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we can totally fuck this stuff up on our own. We don't need his help. And I said yeah. penis instead of dick for no reason. <laughs> Did you say the N word? I said mittens. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> another Simpsons reference. You totally. No, no, I just heard talking and I just no, heard no, no. the end of it. And I was like, he didn't just drop the N bomb, did he? No. That's the that's forbidden plateau here. But, uh, yes, and uh, we are here with uh, Chris Balzano, the. Have you come up with a new term for yourself? Uh, uh, you still administrator? No, I hate administrator. I said it that once. It was like my first time I was ever on the radio. And I and, keep saying it every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, You don't like webmaster? No. <laughs> you don't like? Proprietor? Um, how about just the uh, director? Okay. The director, director of the director. Mastery Sits Paranormal Crossroads? Director, yeah. MassCrossroads.com. How big is your organization now? 
Uh, it has grown to one and a half because sometimes I let my uh, son do some work. Yeah, good, good. He's two and a half. He does some. So work. most of the organizations here this evening. That's yes, good. well, yeah, yeah. I brought Can my entire ghost hunting group with me tonight, so yeah, they'll all be checking in. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> well, I'll be calling in. What time's the investigation? Well, you just totally, you just totally put me on the spot. There. You just put me out there like that. Yeah, it yeah. is just me. Good. Originally, it was me and a friend, and she was there the first night, uh, and hasn't she been hot? back since. I'm going to say yes because this is going out of the airwaves. Right. Did, did she get scared or was it just too much work? Or? No, it was just, yeah, just life kind of led a different way. I don't believe in this I shit. I remember it was actually, it was right after she had gone into a, um, a almost a near fatal car accident with my sister. They got hit by wow. a car and she was laid up. And I went over there to kind of just cheer her up. Oh, I'm like, hey, well, let's start that site tonight. And originally it was www.geocities.com backslash Chris and Jenna 441 backslash. Massachusetts Ghosts and Legends was the original website. Rolls right off the tongue. It does. It does. <laughs> and uh, and she was working on it that first night. We made like three pages, uh, one of which is actually still there. And um, and then she never did it again. But she was there with my first investigations. She actually was like, oh, and I told her I was going to be here tonight. She kind of wanted to come. So she is still in some ways my inspiration. There you go. Your muse. My muse. Paranormal muse. And we have Jeff Belanger, the mayor of ghostvillage.com and best-selling author, as, as Chris referenced. <laughs> you know what's cool? When you own a website, you can make your title anything you want. And I thought King was just, you know, <laughs> way, way too That'd just be obnoxious, yeah. Mayor kind of gives the impression that I was voted for, which I was by me. By you. Yeah. And when re-election rolls around, it was, you're yeah. the only point that counts. That's right. <laughs> He actually and, didn't carry the popular vote, but he got the electric. Yeah, so. that's, uh, it's, that happens. Around the house, you make like your wife refer to you as Mayor McCheese? No, <laughs> no. Actually, I usually just take the garbage out and do the dishes and shut up. There you go. Because uh, for every mayor, there's a mayoress. That's right. Can... You know, it's been going on almost 10 years now, and I'm waiting for someone to, uh, to take out the incumbent, and it hasn't happened. He's still the mayor. That's right. Definitely You're like the FDR of Ghost Village. That's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only thing that can take you out is polio. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I have been feeling a little overtired. <laughs> people, don't real- <laughs> people don't realize, but Belanger actually gets around in a wheelchair all the time, and it's just, yeah. you know, they prop him up for I'm paranormal lazy, journeys. <laughs> I'm just really, really lazy. And speak, speaking of paranormal journeys, that's your, your webisodes uh, that are on Ghost Village and on yes. YouTube. And you're filming one here tonight at that's the Wizzy right. Boyd and Better Not Breakfast. right now because we're doing this. Yes, and this would just be boring if it was on no, TV. No, I mean, right. It would be very boring. I even filmed some of it, but just a few seconds. But, yeah, no, um, the paranormal journeys has been a lot of fun. It's a, um, it's a web-based thing. Actually, I'm also doing it for, for cable access. I'd like to say hello to my six viewers in the uh, local viewing area. Hello, Mom. Hello, Grandma. Well, um, if they're watching cable access, they probably don't have the internet, so they they don't have <laughs> they're not getting the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm they're just... sitting in the gas station that plays cable access. But yeah, and so we also put these up on YouTube, and they go on Ghost Village. It's um they're they're less than ten minutes. They're usually about nine minutes, and uh, it's kind of like a it's just like the articles I write. It's like the books I do. It's but a visual way of of taking people into some cool locations. Uh, for the first one, we went to Stone's Public House in Ashland, pretty good Massachusetts haunt that I've. Uh, I've been able to look into for over the years. Um, the second one we went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts, had a coven of witches do a table tipping exercise in a witch temple. It was really cool. It's all kinds of things that I've never seen before, and I think a lot of other people haven't either. So, And then episode three, we're here tonight in the Lizzie Borden house. And how many people I mean, know about this house but haven't even been inside, don't know what it looks like, just know you know, about giving her mother 40 wax. 
Well, of course, it is open for tours daily. Right. And uh, you can stay here. And if you go to lizzie-borden.com, you can find all the information out uh, about you know the room rates and the history of everything and a link to SpookySouthCoast.com, which yes. gets us quite a few. Uh... <laughs> Thank you very much. Now, this table over here, Jeff, this is the infamous. Uh, and I don't want to use the term table tipping here because Liz, the house psychic, does not like that term. But that's what where they do the prefer? table tipping. Uh, she likes to just have a seance around oh, the table. The but table. okay. But it does uh, it does rock and roll. I've I've seen it firsthand, and we've had people trying to confirm, you know, if she was doing it. And I heard the knocks on the table, and they were coming from her direction. So I was like, she's knocking on the table. And then she asked another question, and the knock came out from right in front of me. Hmm. And I knew that it wasn't me, and it, w- it wasn't Little Timmy. So I was like, okay, <laughs> there's there's definitely something to this. So I Little Timmy doesn't rocky rules. A dick joke, folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> we, do, we do sneak one in every once in a while. Even on the air, we sneak them in because right. it's WBSM. It's old people. They don't really know what we're talking about. And there's only six people that listen on the air anyway. We think right. that every time we say that, but then you know, are you we, stealing my viewers? We get fun. <laughs> Holy cow! Well, you're not you're not was, on Saturday nights at ten. So I was right. actually right. we're still penny dreadful. I was honored last time I was on to have the um, the air woman on and talk, have her air. talk to me. Yes. Yeah, it's really weird. Although, Christine. Although I have to say that I've gotten probably three other reports of something that's obviously that they don't say I see air, but uh, of a of a um, of that type of uh, of paranormal occurrence, that kind of predator type ghost accompanying some other kind of haunting. So whereas I want to laugh at her and I can laugh at her because I know she, there's no way she's going to download this. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. She just got a computer yeah. just to listen to Spooky South Coast online. Um, I was going to say, there goes one sale of Dark Woods. Yes. Colts crime in the paranormal now, of the Freetown State Forest. That's the, um, that's the best thing about this show, by the way. It's just going to be a plug fest. Everybody's right. just going to keep dropping book titles. Uh, I'd like to plug but I've, I've actually, book. If I could interrupt here. Okay. Um, I've read the first 60 pages. I keep it right next to the highest place of honor for books in my house the bathroom the toilet yes of course <laughs> see and and i want to say i haven't wiped with a single page so far there it's excellent there really. you go. That's, really well. that's actually but more dark than i've not done with it what does that tell you about about jeff's bathroom habits anyway because he has a book longer than i have and he's only read 60 pages of it on the can yeah. i read the whole thing in a week on the can so maybe i should talk well, to my was, doctor the unfortunate <laughs> thing is that was actually just one movement I've been, so <laughs> i've been eating a little less lately I mean, uh, my defense no, I did. I just tore through the book, and it was I couldn't put it down. And I know all the stories. That's what was the most incredible thing to me is I know all this stuff uh, between talking about it on the show, talking about it with you, and just I couldn't put it down. Between you and I, what'd you think? I uh, do you want a total honest? Yeah, completely. Because there are going to be about fifteen, sixteen hundred people listening too. Yeah, so. no but uh, I thought it was very well written. I thought it was a little poorly edited. Yeah, I would agree. I think it had a few uh, – there was definitely some mistakes there that I knew, uh, knowing your background and what you do for a living, that probably weren't there when it went to the publisher. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of – I'm not sure exactly – I don't want to take a complete uh, – or not take any yeah, blame for that. for the because, blame. Yeah. I mean, especially towards the end, it was, you know – the third time around editing the entire thing was a little overwhelming, especially as a first-time author. It's the, kind of like, whoa. They, they messed up the back cover, though. That's not you. No. So. No, no. Hey, I mean, there. You, know, you know, it's it's. I just hope that <clears throat> that it's um it's not uh it doesn't take away from people's enjoyment of it. Oh, I don't think it, it hey, definitely. Here's won't. the deal: every single book is a springboard to something bigger. There you go. Everyone that's you, you, if your best book is already written, then go shoot yourself and lay down in the grave. Your best work's always ahead. I was of thinking you. about actually going out to the, to the yeah. couch. So <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> that'll be on the couch later. Right. No, but seriously, I mean, your your best work is always ahead of you. Otherwise, you're you're finished. 
Now we're going to do a whole Darkwood show coming up, and we we yes, so big please plans. shut I'm up. Sorry. Shut up. All I did was throw in one uh, one reference to it. Oh, well, there we go. There's an order for the book <laughs> right <laughs> now. Say, uh, Thank you. They're flying off the shelf. Actually, that's Schiffer calling to say, you know, <laughs> "Hey, Weisberg, weren't you writing a book? Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Can we get the uh, the producer to get that phone? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Anyway, um, no, yeah, but saying, we are going to do a whole Darkwood show, <laughs> but yeah. no, we definitely can talk about the book more. But, but uh, you're actually on a, a whirlwind media tour yourself, uh, uh, talking about the book. How was it received yeah. in places outside of our area? Um, fascinating or intriguing is what I'm getting. Uh, they can't necessarily relate to some of the crimes, and they don't mm. know the. Uh, especially the crime section, they don't know the the people involved, and they have no contact with Carl Drew or or uh, James Cater. They don't, those names don't mean anything to them. Um, <clears throat> but some of the ideas uh, expressed in there, especially this kind of idea of the same kind of you know center that's causing uh, the same kind of negative energy that's causing crime, also causing the paranormal. They at least find that intriguing, which I guess is you know things fade, but if I can at least spark a little, hmm, I wonder if that's true. That's kind of do you, you get a lot of, you know, we have an area like that type of stories. We have our own state forest where there's things going on. Is it leading to? I've gotten none of that on a, on a other than local scale. I've had a few people actually contact me saying, oh, here's another story from the forest or uh, stuff like that. Or, or you know, you need, oh, you need to check out Miles Standish. Here's what I've heard with that. Uh, other than that, that's about it. So. And most of those stories about Miles Standish, untrue, by the way. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, if you're talking about uh, the, the stories about the... The mental hospital and all that stuff mm-hmm. is that one of yeah, the things. That's one of the yeah, things uh, from what I've been told, it's not true. By somebody that worked in the prison, that used to be it, the prison was the prison is in Miles Standish, the, the correctional facility, and that person told me that all these stories that are going around about that stuff is, is false. They shut that one down now. The one inside State Forest is shut down and it's been moved to the new location, right? It, there's still some limited uh, housing going on there because right, I know the big new facility on Long Pond Road is. Huge and imposing. Yeah. I watched them build it and because my parents worked down the street. And when they were building it, they built the inside and then they put the outside wall around it afterward. So I could actually see them constructing the cell blocks and how it was all put together. And I was like, yeah, That's remind it. me never to end up there. <laughs> so the only chance I have is plagiarism. So, you know, guys, feel free to rat me out if you catch me doing it. So. Right on. Right on. There you go. Uh, well, I know a few other things they could be caught for. So when, when's Darkwood's the movie coming out? Is <laughs> you know – we're going to uh, work on that. It's going to be a future episodes of Paranormal Journeys. We're going to. I'm asking Chris to write it and do all the work. So that's awesome. We'll just go film it. Yeah, that's the first time that I have to do the work on it. Though. <laughs> it was all good <laughs> until that point. I, I thought I was, was just going to. I thought, thought I was, was just going to ride the uh, ghosts village gravy train all the way to. Well, a I can imagine a ship, yeah, but that's a, I, I can imagine it'll be so a big part of is a really slow moving barge. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, impending reworking of uh, inside the Bridgewater Triangle. I'm sure Dark Woods will be a big part of that. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I, I still need to. Aaron Does that train say Lionel? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aaron helped uh, with some of the writing of the book, some of the uh, some of the King Philip's War stuff, um, and a few really good quotes through it. Um, so I need to get in contact with him just to get him his free copies. Um, but I'm hoping that we can kind of get this thing done. So also, like I said before, corner. Capers has this whole uh, massive Bridgewater Triangle uh, continuum kind of thing that they want to do. I haven't really heard anything about it, but I'm um, supposed to be involved in that as well. So, And, of course, this Christmas, I mean, this Halloween, there will be Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, which yes. is, which is uh, at the publisher in probably its not even as well-edited form <laughs> as, right. as, uh, as Dark Woods. So. I mean, you asked me honestly. I don't no, mean to, I, I don't mean to trash I mean, anything. After but. you know, after four years of of uh, as in a writing school, and then you know, 
10 years being a teacher where kids criticize me every day, it doesn't, it doesn't make me cry to hear that. Well, and they're like croutons in the salad. These little mistakes that we plant in the books. They're, they're, something to, something to they're actually they're actually coach. If, if you correct it, and you put all the corrections, you line all the corrections up, it actually gives you the location of the um, the fourth body. Oh, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. the Carl Drew murders. There you go. So. There was a bowling alley uh, near me in Attleboro that uh, used to have this huge letters painted on the side of the building: "Bowling at it apostrophe s best." Right, and of course that's grammatically wrong it's possessive is just ITS and uh, eventually they actually painted over the apostrophe <laughs> and I went in and I said I think that was a huge mistake because they're like oh we're sick of so many people coming in and I'm like they were coming in <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> they were That's coming right. in to tell you you can't spell it's like oh yeah you're right we're dummies you want to stay for a game you know they the, fixed it no I'm telling you these things are good they get people interactive they call you they email you they yell at you and although I, like I said I already did get yelled at by <clears throat> you know, as Sorry you can get that. yelled at by email, yelled at by people. It was all in caps uh, for the um, for the book because uh, you know the the police aren't necessarily enjoying what I wrote. Oh, I can imagine. So, that. yeah. So but luckily for you, you it live is. nowhere near it. So. I live nowhere. Right. Like, all right. You don't have to worry about getting pulled over by those guys. It's funny. We actually organized the book burning of Dark Woods tonight here in Fall River, and uh, <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. It, it'll be an honor. I to was going to say, I will. Uh, if people buy the book to actually burn, oh, I will be fine. the first person to strike the match. So. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go. go ahead. Buy it in bulk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, now I forgot what to say. Oh, well, getting back to the apostrophe thing, I, I was going to say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's way more fascinating to talk about grammar than it is the paranormal. Aren't we in the Lizzie Borg? Gordon House, like but, one of these like <laughs> renowned places. Well, and I, I, I got my start. We're at the, di- the very dining room table. Talking grammar. <laughs> the, the very dining room table where they may have performed autopsies. The, uh, well, the, 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 I can kind of relate it back. I got my writing start covering professional wrestling, believe it or not. And one of the things that used to bother me is when Bill Goldberg was a, a big wrestler, uh, his trademark phrase was, you're next. And there used to always be these signs from wrestling fans that would say, Y-O-U-R, next. That's right. And so I was like, no, you, know, you got the wrong format. And a lot of these wrestling fans have now crossed over into the paranormal, believe it or not. People that used to follow what I wrote wrestling-wise. Did they get any smarter? No. Yeah. Now, I might be completely off with this, but I think I get the fourth, much less used uh, version of your in my writing for my kids, which is the Y-O-R-E. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I get that. Or the, just a Y-O-R. So. That's like the old English version. I know. Hey, your. The days of your. <laughs> it's like, the days of your, which I think is what they mean. I think passing they're actually passing you the grade level. <laughs> right. but, yes, we are in the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast. And, and oh, Chris, no. I know this isn't your first time here. Jeff, is this your first yes, time here? Yes, it is, actually. Well, I'm sorry. We couldn't give you the good tour. No, We can only give great. you the... Uh, the crackpot two dollar tour. No, that's fine because I only have two dollars. So All right, so there it works. It's out. Work out just which, fine. which actually makes uh, Moniz the crackpot, seeing that he's the one that took us around. That's right. No, it's it's, it's really great because I've, I've looked into it. Um, I have a book called Weird Massachusetts coming out in uh, in May, and I did a, a little write up on on the Borden phenomena, uh, mainly the crime, the unsolved nature of the crime, and uh, as opposed to the paranormal aspect of it. So I'm psyched to be here tonight to to look into the paranormal aspect. Matt, totally unrelated to anything. Can you close that door? Sure. That kitchen light is just – I'm getting light it's, sensitivity here. It's breaking the mood. I don't know what's going Speaking on. Speaking of it's weird Massachusetts, room. can you shut that door? Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. you know, usually too, this is the um, – we come here a couple times a year and we usually say, all right, now we've talked about Lizzie Borden so much on the show that yeah. you know we can do the show from here, but let's talk about something else. Yeah, that's fine. But it's such a fascinating case to a lot of people and I think 
you know, there's people that listen to us that aren't from this area that say, you know, I want to know more. Uh, right. You guys can go there 12 times and I'll listen to it because so much of the information that's out there is inconclusive. And yeah. people, you know, with the CSI culture we have today, everybody wants to try to solve the murder of what's going on. Um, and we're sitting here in a room that's, you know, the that's piled high full of books that mention Lizzie Borden. Yeah, I mean, just kind of a testament to yeah, there must be to how much 30, 40 books here. I mean, this it's is one uh, little yeah. deposit. I mean, I've seen a few and others. And each and every one of those authors that talk about the case bring something different to it, a different hypothesis, a different you know yeah. way the evidence leads, a different made-up theory as to who did it. I mean, we've seen the books, you know, that run everything from an illegitimate son to, you know, uh, the incestuous affair. Oh. You had to use that word. Of course I did. Well, we're going to do the investigation after the show, and I'm going to be yelling out the I word nonstop because that's what gets whatever's here riled up. But in terms of the paranormal activity that's been going on here, is there anything that you've heard that really interests you that you want to try and check out and verify for yourself? You know, honestly, I, I haven't looked into the paranormal here that much because when I worked on the Weird Massachusetts book, I was mainly interested in, in the case. This was the trial of the century. This was the O.J. Simpson of the 1900s. and uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the 19th century, the 1800s. And it, it's really um, one of those cases that, like you said, I mean, look, there's 30-some-odd books here. There's fiction books here. There's uh, nonfiction books here. People are still interested in this, this figure, Lizzie Borden, who she was, why it happened. I mean, you know, God, this, this crime scene photo. And I'm going to hold it right up to the microphone so the listeners can see it. They can. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Andrew Borden, as you can clearly see through your podcast, uh, you know, dead on the couch. A lot of people have seen this. The couch is right behind us. I mean, it's pretty amazing to walk into a place like this that for, for those folks who aren't that close to Fall River. Um, that's one of the cool things about what we do. I mean, that's that's one of the things you have to remind yourself sometimes, especially when, you, when you're a writer, when you're doing broadcasts, things like that. You walk into one of these places. When I walked into the house and I saw the couch, I was like, holy cow, I'm here. That's it. This is... You know, it's it's. Uh, I, I get that feeling. I remember why I do this. You know, I remember why I do what I do. And and the place kind of is like a snapshot because <clears throat> Fall River has moved on. Yeah, <clears throat> the neighborhood is very different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not um, going outside. You, know, you have it's the board, the Borden Place apartments that are right next to it. This these uh yeah. you know huge set of luxury uh, condominiums behind us. I mean, but the, and there used to be a bus station across the street. I think they tore that down. Yeah. The constructions, but the, yeah. but. Yeah. Fall River's moved on, and yet here we kind of like tip back, and it's 1892 again. Yep, that's and and they've done a heck of a job decorating it. I mean, it's you're well, stepping right back into the 1890s. You know? Leanne Wilbur did an excellent job remodeling this place and putting it back in a period type yeah. correct atmosphere. It, it's, a, it's a walk back in time, and I, and it and one thing that interests me about the paranormal in general, especially with with ghost phenomena, uh, when you're when you're in an environment that looks the part, right? Does that play a role? I mean, either a suggestive role or a, a literal role. Uh, for example, I, I did a book called Ghosts of War, and I talked to a lot of Civil War reenactors. These guys see ghosts and women. I mean, they, they see a lot of ghosts. And I, I wonder, you know, they do. They go out for the weekend, right? They, they put on the uniform. That The cell phones are left at home. The radios are left at home. They live just like it's the 1860s for two days, you know, campfires and all that kind of stuff. And I'm wondering, is that putting you in a mindset? Is that kind of, you know, opening yourself up to something or, because you've stepped back? Or is it opening the door the other way to allow yeah, does them it make, make whatever's there feel more comfortable with the way yeah, things no, are then that they it, can come through? You know, open-ended questions to be sure. But that's one of the things that intrigues me. And, you know, a place like this, I walked in, I'm like, there's the couch, man. I, I recognize it from the picture. I mean, not the literal couch, but it 
certainly looks just like the the one that it's the same spot either way. Yeah, that's right. That. I mean, it's that's it. That's I just walked. I sat down right where Mr. Borden uh, was, it, was packed to death. I'm, I'm sure Moniz told you when he was showing you around the basement when uh, we were here with Ron Milione. He did the luminol test for the blood. And, you know, you, you, he sprays it, and you see that there's blood there. There's there's the trace of blood, and you say. All right, great. We know that there was blood there. We know that that happened. What's the big deal? But then you stop for a second, and yeah. the historical aspect of it weighs over, and you say, "Yeah, wow." You know, that kind hey, of does bring it home that it was someone died right behind me. I mean, yeah. that's 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 the long and short of it. And 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 that's one of the things too. You have to remember, you know, I mean, this ghost hunting and all that is fun, and and it's interesting, and it's titillating, and all that other stuff. But hey, man, someone was murdered right behind me, and someone was murdered right upstairs. Brutally murdered. Bru- yeah, yeah, murdered in a. Well, not and, a friendly way. And I'll 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 uh, own up to this myself, but there's been a real loss of respect for that fact here. Right. With people that are coming in here trying to generate activity, knowing what's going on. I mean, especially if all these theories that everybody has are wrong, and the things that you're saying about the deceased uh, right. in this house, and I'm guilty of it. Um, it just shows you, you know, how it can get watered down, and it becomes. Not a murder site anymore, but a haunted house, and and what a difference right. it is between the two. Yeah, a fun house instead of like a, a historic site. That, yeah. yeah, people come. Now that being said, can we go take a picture of me on the couch in the same? Oh, absolutely. Post? You I have to. What we usually do too is we have somebody stand over you with the axe. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Yeah, appreciate and it. Balzano would be good with the axe because I don't think he'd go through with it. Oh, I, I fell asleep for a second. I thought you were talking about guitars. No. Okay. Because no. I have a cherry axe at home. So. We, we, we were talking. You've taken a similar photo to the one we have up on our uh, MySpace, about myspace.com slash Rookie South Coast, where we took a picture of Keith Johnson on the couch, and his wife Sandra was going to chop him with the axe, and we had that weird like double yeah. exposure kind of thing happening. And, and actually, if you go to my MySpace, which is www.myspace.com backslash Mass Crossroads, you can see it. Um, but I was here for a seance with Jackie Barrett. And I was just kind of taking some photos after it finished, and I was facing – your your picture was facing into the room that we're now in. Yes. Which is why – I mean, what would you call it? The living room? The dining room. The dining room. Um, I was taking one out. And at the angle I was at, the entire left side of the frame uh, lit up. And I was taking a digital, so I saw that I had done that. So I took probably about seven or eight other pictures at that same exact time, You know, moved it a little bit to see if I could kind of capture that and – you know, I mean, we are these are white walls, so you would imagine maybe there could be some glare. But I mean, I did several things and wasn't able to get that same effect. Yeah, definitely. So, but it was the same door, the doorway, which you know is where his head would have been. There's a lot of uh, orb activity in some photos that have been taken. I like how you saw for the poser. You like that? There's, there's been a lot of orb activity in that room too. And if you buy into orbs or not, I know Jeff, you really don't that much, but. So, so, <laughs> some some people swear that orbs are in the end all be all of paranormal existence, and you know I love orbs. <laughs> Thank you, orbs. Would you, you like to hear my tribute to orbs? Sure. Thanks, orbs. There you go. It's like it's like a poem my friend once wrote. Rain. It's kind of wet. But the um, that room there, for whatever reason, if there's some sort of you know high energy, that was the room where the clock is, and yeah. I don't hear it running tonight. Is it out there? Clock no, stops. it's not out there. It stopped? It's, the clock it's, has stopped, yeah. Okay. I checked it out because I wasn't sure if there was some significance to the time out there or whatever. No, it, it's one of those clocks that actually has to be wound. Has to be wound. So okay. if we wind it later, then maybe we can yeah. run the experiment because we were able to get it to slow down upon our asking. And I'd like to see if we can do that again because yeah. make sure it wasn't somebody that was in the room at that time. Uh, although, of course, if it was me that did it, then that won't work because I'll be in the room. But I'm pretty sure my psychic abilities are... <laughs> I'm sensing you're you're as psychic as I am. Yeah, exactly. I mean, although for some reason, you know, when when I'm here, uh, 
I piss it off enough. So maybe I'm making that connection somehow. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, could just be because I'm a loud mouth asshole that runs through all the rooms screaming. You nasty know, obscenities. I'm glad you said it because, uh, you know, you've been thinking it would have been awkward. Yeah. It would have been awkward <laughs> coming from me. You might be like the great 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 grandson of the person that actually did it. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have yeah. to go back into my family tree. I'm pretty sure my family didn't come to Fall River, though. They're like, okay. Fall River? Yeah. The, well, I can tell you, you know, everybody in my family, my aunts, my mother, they're all fascinated with the Lizzie Borden story. And they, you know, they, they remember watching the Elizabeth Montgomery TV movie. And to them, that's like, you know, the ultimate explanation of what went on. And it's like, you don't understand how far behind the research that was back in the 70s when it came out, how much more people have been able to unearth. And if you believe what's been coming out of things like Frank's box and the psychics who've been coming in here, little bits and tidbits that come out more. But, but I mean – Yeah, yeah. No, I know. So, some of the stories are – it's entirely plausible for the way that this family lived. Uh, you know, you hear these stories about how closeted they were and how private they were. So, for example, we were talking downstairs about the supposed abortions that happened and the fetuses that are buried in the in, underneath the basin down there. The doctor lived across the street, was a friend of the family, so he'd come in and do it on the sly. You know, give him a little bit of money to keep his mouth shut. And you know, that's something that could be totally unfounded, totally untrue, but it's plausible because yeah. of the way the family lived. You know, I mean, what's interesting is that I, I think everybody's a closet writer, you know, in some way. And I know I am. Right. <laughs> me too. Thank you. I do my best writing in a closet. But it, I think one of the things in writing that you're looking for is, is, is backstory, right? Now, backstory exists whether you put it into the book. And, I'm, and backstory exists in fiction as well as nonfiction, right? It's, it's the stuff that, that made the characters into who they are and the motives that they have to do things. And I think one of the th- – we do it whenever we meet a person. We create backstory for them. And a lot of times we're right. You know, you size someone up immediately. You're like, oh, this guy's an arrogant jerk or this, this was a really nice guy, you know, jovial, mm-hmm. fun-loving guy or whatever. And, and so you, 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 you just in your head, you're quickly inventing backstory. Absolutely plausible. Like you said, what a motive that would be. Not only get the money and get the fortune, but end this horrible, yeah. you know. A, this a, sexual a, abuse that supposedly went on. You know, and that's if that's the case. Not yeah. to, right. If, if that is the case. I mean, wow, that would make all but the sense. But think about more. I mean, I don't know how much you talk to people that do investigations here. I know, Chris, you probably do more. But it's like everybody's kind of just adopted that as truth now. People that yeah, come in here dangerous. believe that to be that that's what happened. That's what went on. Right. Yeah. Jeff was talking earlier uh, off mic about <clears throat> a lot of the true stuff that he found out about Spider-Gates. Mm-hmm. That's going to be in the, the weird Massachusetts book. And it's that same kind of thing. It was all true. Drops in May. In a way. You, like, you like how he got that? Um, <laughs> Cop it. So, uh, and it's the same kind of thing here. I mean, everything that can be attached to a good ghost story or, in this case, a good you know, murder story, it happens that way. You know, it just makes it makes it make like complete sense, like you said, but it's also a magnet for anything that is a possible motive. So whether it was, you know, satanic cults that actually had done it and Mr. Bourne was in a cult, I'm sure, you know, now I've thrown that out there. Someone can research that and discover that now. Yeah, they'll you know say, oh, so you know, he, was, he was part of the, uh, you know, part of the Illuminati, Illuminati. part of the Bilderbergs or right. something. It was actually, if you look closely, you can see the... I mean, but think, I mean, the, the guy was 70 years symbols. old when he was murdered. 70. I mean, in, in the 1890s, that's, that's yeah. beyond the uh, national average, you know? Yeah. I mean, motive comes in. You, you know, you, you create that backstory, all that other stuff, and the, the story's still relevant today. I mean, we we have unsolved murders. It speaks to you know so many things. O.J. Simpson, of course. There's been so many parallels drawn between the O.J. trial and, and this trial. All the circumstantial evidence pointed to one person, just like you know Lizzie, just like O.J., and yet 
that's all it was, though. It was circumstantial. Mm-hmm. I read all the court transcripts. And, and when you read all that and you look at the evidence and you say, wow, if not Lizzie, who? Or, or you know, Bridget or you know, the, the maid. Or yeah, some, somebody or in, some, the, in the household. Yeah. I mean, someone inside, someone that knew the Bordens extremely well. Um, if not them, who? Well, and, part of what helps is that there was three people in the house at the time or, you know, in the house that day. Right. That could have all been plausible suspects as well as – you know the the guy walking down the street. You know somebody else that came in that nobody saw. So yeah, who didn't steal anything? And it's yeah. also the fact that it will never be solved. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the you know. So you can kind of play on that playground as long as you want because no matter what you say, no one can prove yeah. you wrong. For all we know, the killer's still at large. And Prob- very, probably yes. And, and not very dangerous. And OJ is looking for them actually. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but it is it's also like yeah, I mean that that you know. I don't think any of us in this room are part of the upper class, and it's kind of like that. Still, that people other than other than Jeff, independently right. wealthy, um, that you know the rich person got away with it too. There's also that kind of aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The the um, Faye Musselman is uh, probably the foremost collector of all things Borden, and she is probably the go-to expert besides Leanne. I mean, Leanne's you know wealth of knowledge on the case is astounding, but even she goes to Faye when she has questions. Because Faye's read every book, talked to every author, is you know, talked to them personally, and we were talking last time she was here about the uh, information that's being held at a lawyer's office out in Springfield. It's um, the inquest testimony of is it Bridget's inquest or yeah, Bridget's yeah. inquest, and they're saying that whatever is the truth is in that inquest, but they can't release it because it was their client and they swore that they wouldn't release it and. There's been petitions to the Supreme Court of Massachusetts, and they've turned down the petitions to open it up. And people are convinced that the answer to the case lies in that. And even Faye said, look, even if we get it, it's just going to be a bunch of you know, mumbo-jumbo legal stuff that's going to have nothing, no bearing on the case because that stuff would have come out in somebody else's inquest. Or even like if you were saying, were if, we, if we tear apart the pantry and we do find those you know, phantom papers that are supposed to be back there, all they're going to do is add more you know, suspects to yeah. the stew. It's not going to It's not going to say this is what. why. Yeah. This is why this person did it. But it will be interesting to find out just because I want to find out if all these psychics are right. <laughs> and how great is it to find another piece of the puzzle? Our sure. Friends, so. And then that's another book for this stack of myriad right. authors. We'll get right on it. <laughs> but uh, is it kind of like this case here can be a snapshot of what the New England ghost phenomena is like? You know, the, the idea of Victorian even before that with some of the colonial ghosts. I mean, our ghosts exist so deeply in the past. Whereas if you go out to some of these other haunted places, you know, they, they've had you know, Hollywood. You know, they've got tons of ghosts, but they're all from the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. You know, we have the historical America ghosts here. Yeah, we like our ghosts old around New England. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's compared true. to, compared to yeah. a lot of ghosts, it's young because, you know, this is the one place that people have yet to say, although maybe I'll be the first to say it right now, that the Lizzie Borden house, now the Lizzie Borden bed breakfast, is built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Yes, I believe it is. I believe there's an entire battle of King Philip's War that was fought <laughs> right. right in that basement. Um, so it is like considering it's actually – so yeah. it's, it's, it, it harkens back to the past like a lot of the New England one. And yet it's got that kind of independent of Native Americans entirely, which is kind of like our favorite theme here. Yeah. We love the, we love the 1800s. I mean it seems like so many of our prominent ghosts are from the 1800s, that whether it's Civil War or whether it's uh, – And it's, I'm, it's really – maybe it's, 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 it's connected enough to us and yet far enough away that, that we well, really can relate to it and yet it's not us. It's safe. We can talk about the Bordens. They're all dead. They're, yeah. there's, yeah. And, and their, their kin are dead. Their, Lizzie's gone. Everybody's connected to it is gone. And that's the thing about – you know, when you've got a, a murder case – I mean I knew a psychic, for example, that um, 
actually. He's, he's passed on too now. But he told me not that long ago that he wanted to go to Ground Zero in New York City and get readings. And I'm like, I think you're crazy. I mean, I, I think you'd just be ripped apart by the locals who would just find that very crass. You know, what's funny is we actually talked about a similar thing, Matt. I got asked to do a uh, – a friend of mine is a police officer in New York and wanted to know if I would like to have access to Ground Zero and, you know, do some EVP stuff and, you know, a little investigation. I'm like, that that wound's still a little too fresh. Yeah, it's I mean, Pandora's it, box, It would, it would too, be you know? interesting to do, but if you publish those findings anywhere, yeah. you'd be, and and kind of rightfully so. I mean, that you, like you said, the wound is still way too fresh. That's yeah. That one's... And I think this was mainly a, a means for this person to connect with friends he lost. Right. Fine. And you know what, though? But what about 60, 80 years from now? I mean, is that going to be one of the haunted hotspots everybody talks about? And say, well, oh, I'm sure. Course. I'm sure. Well, when just, that just time like, has passed, you know, yeah. Gettysburg. Right. I mean, I'm sure they weren't talking about Gettysburg being haunted in 1870. You know, uh, yeah. but today, oh yeah, of course it's haunted. Right. Other, and, and you know why? And the other part is that you know, I'm not sure, quite sure about Bridget, but I know both sisters, both born sisters, never had any children. So there's really this kind of, I mean, while there are other are people kind of floating around that are from the Borden tree. The direct descendants, there aren't any. Well, this and is, so there's also that kind of you're detached from the case because you don't have to worry about about you know Lizzie's great great granddaughter coming in. And this this was also the rotten branch of the Boyden tree anyway. Right. right. So I mean right. they weren't so. really owning up to them all when they were alive and walking the streets of Fall River. So they distanced themselves even more after the case. So yeah, you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want about the Boydens in this town. The only people that get upset are the Fall River Historical Society. And only because they don't like us talking about the ghosts because right. they think it's all a bunch of hooey. I mean, I know that I would love to investigate um, Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge. It became kind of like the, the archetype for all the cemeteries, all the bigger cemeteries that came after it. But I can't do it because my grandfather's buried there. You know, and when I and there's that kind of like, mm, too, I'll do too it. Too close, too excellent. Tell me what you get. <laughs> I'm going in. Well, I mean, that was one of the things I said to to my family. I, I had a grandfather that recently passed away, and I, I, you know, my grandfather's a very pragmatic person. wasn't I, I don't know what his beliefs were in the paranormal because it really never came up. He knew that I did the show. He was proud of me for doing the show, but he didn't really talk to me about what his beliefs were. And so I said, "Gee, it might be interesting if I go to the." The funeral, and you know, thinking investigator first. I'll when I go to the funeral, I'll bring a tape recorder with me and see if I get anything. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I realize, what am I thinking? Yeah, you know, this Jeff, bring an EMF. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jeff, do you have your? Uh, how yeah. you know you're a ghost hunter? You know you're a ghost hunter <laughs> when you bring an EMF meter to a relative's funeral. I mean, it's just it's too fresh and it's too. But that's what you you think. You know, you look for these opportunities, and then you have to distance yourself from from some of them. And I know that when I first came here and I first started having my own experiences here, I was like, okay, you know, maybe I want to draw back a little bit and. You know, Matt Moniz is one of the people that said, "No, no, no, go toward it." You know, don't don't push away from it if you're getting results. Keep plugging away at it. But it just yeah. it blew me away that whatever was here would want to physically harm me. You know? Well, let's check the obits and let's all just put on suits and ties and go to some funeral of someone we don't know with recorders and EMF. But wouldn't you th- would you think that that would be a time when you'd get some no. sort of activity? Or do you think that whoever, if you I don't think you would, um, you know, unless it's unless it's in a cushion, I don't think you'd get it in a funeral home necessarily. Right. I was just going to say you're not going to get anything in a funeral. Home. Well, you wouldn't think. Well, I just wonder, and a lot, well, of, a lot of emotional energy there, though. You have to believe. Well, well that's what I mean. Is yeah. you're feeding into that. You know, the, it, there's so much being put out there that it's feeding into it, so it's creating a fertile ground for the activity. But if you believe that ghosts are 
departed souls that have moved on. I think it's still too fresh in the figuring out what happened to them phase for them to be able to make any kind of communication. That's why you get the phantom phone calls a couple days later. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I talked to Hans Holzer about this once. I got the chance to interview him and, I mean, he's got very specific ideas. I, I don't necessarily agree with them, but they're certainly very interesting because they're so specific um, that, you know, the spirit hangs out for a certain period of time after we die just to close things up, uh, to, to see, you know, witness your own funeral, these kinds of things. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. And maybe some people just choose to keep hanging around. Maybe others uh, never do. Or maybe we're all full of it. Maybe you just die. Uh, we're not sure. And maybe these oh. things are created by us. You know, maybe these are something that, that we hold on to. We walk into the Borden house and say, wow, you know, Mr. Borden must still be here. It must be his presence I sense. Maybe. Uh, you know, it, it's all open. That's the amazing thing about this whole phenomena i think yeah i think for the most part we're making assumptions on what it is that we're experiencing and right. you know we're putting a name to it and it's just convenient that two people were murdered here yeah and you know you can kind of attach that onto it but we don't know what went on in their time we don't know what went on with them and we know chris and i digging into some of the past stuff talking with leanne and we we know that there's been other things that have happened in this house prior to that too so you know you don't know as you say it's not we can't just assume it's a cause it, and effect yeah so you know murder happened here so that now there's ghosts how do we know that that Murder itself wasn't a sign of something else that 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 was going on here. That, that was there was a murder from, next door. There was a, supposedly right, a murder you know, in the basement and this before they moved is here. Still, the yeah. Bridgewater Triangle. You know, take that with a uh, India blender and blow it up as read well. the book Dark Woods, so. folks. Dark Woods, <laughs> or Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle. You can read my encounters with the Lizzie, Ghost of Lizzie Board. But but you know what's what's hap- what happens the world over is that with any place, uh, any kind of paranormal activity gets labeled with the most famous person that was ever even there. So, for sure. example, you go to any bed and breakfast in Virginia that says George Washington slept here, and there's like a 100 of them, right? If they have a you know ghostly activity of any kind, it's always like, oh, yeah, it's George Washington. We slept here one night, you know, back when, back when he was alive, and, and it must be his ghost as opposed to the gardener who worked there for three weeks and broke his neck and, you know, falling and, off the roof. And you have that with Lizzie Borden, too, because you yeah, have Oak right. Grove Cemetery's haunted. You've got Taunton State where she spent a week. Yep. Uh, after the murder, supposedly he's haunted. You know, in Dedham Dead Pet Cemetery. Her dogs are buried there. Yeah. Well, think about this. If she really wanted to get out of this house yeah, she wouldn't want to, to do what she house. did, why would she come back here after death? Did she have the <laughs> choice? You Guilt. Did she have the choice? That's the question. And what was her house yeah. afterward, after this? Maple, Maple, well, Croft, all those, yeah. Maple um, Croft, yeah. Those well, back doors and all those things. And the, the owner of Maple Croft is one of the people I'm, I'm trying to get in touch with and see if... He's not really open to the idea of paranormal investigation there, but he also wants to sell the place. So maybe it'll help, you know, if we can get over there and... and yeah, that's things. the other thing, isn't it? Ghosts are big business these days. Yeah. It's so, really uh, weird. You're seeing a complete shift of it as in, you know, selling the... What is it? It's the becoming a selling point in some houses. It's a selling point. The guy advertised the marketing haunted plan. Went on, went on uh, Ghost Hunters, I think, and a few other shows. Uh, is it Garland Mask, the Victorian? Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? Advertising. This is a haunted house. Buy it. It's haunted. Yeah. Tom Diagostino. You know, uh, That's why he bought his house. And it is haunted. <laughs> He's happier than, you know, pig and shit. Right, right. Like you say, this I was going to say, you can say pig and shit. Yeah. Well, it's... Have you noticed I'm the only one who hasn't sworn? Sweared? Sweared? Swore, swore. Sworn. <laughs> Don't ask me. I can't edit. <laughs> well, we... I mean, sometimes, you know, it's hard to turn the filter on and off, but for some reason when we come into this room, it just right. all comes up. Mostly because most of the time Shock we're around. here, we know it's not live. Right. So we're like, yeah, yeah, fuck Son this. Bleep. 
Well, I think probably the worst ever was the backyard podcast. I was going to say the backyard oh, barbecue was pretty bad. We got, so. we got pretty much belligerent. Uh, we actually we were just getting shit-faced during the course of a show. And we're only like six months into our radio career, so it probably wasn't the best idea ever. But it had, had I'm going to get belligerent. Edit that out. Uh, okay. is, this, is this over yet? Are we still recording? Well, I think we actually can wrap it up because we have some other stuff that we have to do. But we'll definitely make sure we talk about it one more time. Dark Woods, out Dark now, Woods, out on the shelves. Now. Cop the book. And you actually can get it at bookstores in this area, I turned. Uh, both uh, Borders and Barnes & Noble. North Attleboro, Providence. People have said you know, it wasn't at the there, Borders so. in Kingston when my wife went there before Christmas. And she's like, I said, you know, will you check it out? Because I'll, I'll talk to the uh, manager over there. If it's not, we'll make sure that we can get it in there. And she's like, yeah, there were no copies of it. And I was like, well, I think that's just because it's sold out. Yeah, that's, more what I, that's what I like to think. Right. And the, the Ghost the Files is your latest book, right, yeah, Jeff? Ghost Files came out in September. That's uh, that's doing well. So thank you, everybody, that's uh, picked it up. And then the next one is Weird, Weird Massachusetts. Massachusetts is the yeah. next one. That and was a lot of fun. You've got about probably 30 or 40 more coming down the chute after that. There's a few, yeah. yeah. It's a whole series. Whole series. Whole series. All right. Well, then there we go. So make sure you check that stuff out. and Check out the, the webisode of Paranormal Journeys. We'll put a link to it on yeah. SpookySouthCoast.com. It should be up in a week or two. Of course, ghostvillage.com. Everybody goes there every day. So. Oh, thanks. We don't need to uh, plug Mass Crossroads anymore, do we? <laughs> sure we do. Sure we do. Sure MassCrossroads.com, the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads, your website for all things spooky in the southeast for sure. It's, it's nice to have an outsider chronicling everything that's going on down here because you can yeah. keep that objective <clears throat> point of view. I've already gone through one car, so let's see if we can, uh, we can bury the cobalt. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's <laughs> okay. We're, we're gonna gonna say, here's it was directly your fault. We yeah. were looking oh, yeah. for the uh, mad trucker of Copacut Road. Which, uh, it's one of the coolest legends, I think, from the Bridgewater Triangle. I mean, obscure as obscure yeah. can be. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, Copacut Road starts as this paved road for just a little bit, and then it turns into a dirt road, but still well maintained. And then it goes to, I mean, you gravel. Think, uh, gravel. And, and then, then it goes to dirt, and then it goes to, you know, cavern. Yeah, I mean. Oh, what's that called? I remember the bump. I was just like, I. Totally Sounds like my driveway. I remember he looked at me and said, I think it was the first time I've heard you say "dude," you like, "dude" or "man." That was your, that was your guess. Did you hear that? Yeah, I'm hearing that too. Yeah. Is that somebody breathing in? No, it sounded. I thought close it sounded by, like, but not. I'm hearing it, it on the like, headphones. Something. Like, yeah, it's like a whimper yeah. or something. It could be outside. It could be someone yelling. Or, or the mic's just sensitive enough to pick no, up breathing. No, I heard it. <clears throat> I don't have on headphones, and I heard it. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was just. Something no. in the headphones. I heard it in the I headphones, thought it was your, so I thought it was something like deviated in. septum. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, I thought like. it was like something like that. But no, no, no. I don't have my headphones. I I heard it. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. We'll find out when we wrap things up if it went out on the recording. Because the last time that we heard something audibly in the room, it wasn't on the recording. So, but it was definitely audible. It sounded like either like a, a kid yelling or like a, a whimper. A whimper. Yeah. To yeah. me, I, I honestly thought you had a problem with your nose, like a deviated septum. Yeah, no, that's that's like, what I thought. From that area too. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap oh, things up and check it the out. The car blew up. That's, that's the end of the story. Yes, the car did blow up. Sorry, Chris. No problem. No, so this, so is this is our little uh, our little podcast throw out there to the Spooky South Coast audience. We will be back on the air in a couple of weeks. And uh, we heard Jeff mention Hans Holzer earlier in the show. We're going to have him on, actually, with Alexandra Holzer. And we're going to partner them up. Uh, his daughter is now carrying on the Holzer name, so we'll talk to them in the coming weeks. Uh, also, Courtney Roberts, the astrologer and author of Star of the Magi, has offered to come back on and 
offer some insights into the NFL playoffs, astrologically speaking. <laughs> She's doing like personality charts for all the players and the coaches and everything. Should be should be fun to talk about. So we might do that show as a I podcast. That'd be cool. I want to see an NFL coach with like a psychic right next, you know, right next to him. Like I see it. I see it. She's actually play. offered her services to Bill Belichick. She's a huge Patriots fan now. She used to be a Dolphins fan, but I'm, she's jumping on the bandwagon. Sure Bill was all over that. But if the Patriots <laughs> use it, does that mean they lose another draft pick? Yeah, they will. They'll have to give up. Their it's called psychic game. You know what? It would be worth it. Yeah, psychic game. Yeah, it would be worth it. He's like, I'm just going to make a prediction here that yeah. we're going to kick everybody's ass. You don't even need a uh, psychic to tell you that. What's your prediction for the uh, Super Bowl? Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Clubber. All right. That, I think you got to go out on a Clubber line quote. There you go. So uh, there we go. That thing. wraps it up for this edition of Spooky South Coast. So uh, until next time, we want you all to stay spooktacular. End theme music now. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. The Simpsons did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's There's the one they did. a lot of flag birds who have got too much freedom. I want to make it legal for policemen to beat be them. Because there's limits to liberties. At least I hope and pray that there are. Because those little freaks go too far. I'll say that he's gay. Good news, Amendment. You're in the U.S. Constitution. Very oh, good. yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you Your know. Eyes I just, open, fellas. I did just record that whole thing. Did so. you? Yeah. <laughs>